Thank you for being a listener of the Women in Tech podcast. To support the podcast and cheer us on, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener on our private feed where you'll have ad-free episodes and join us in Zoom meetups to meet other listeners of our podcast community. Go to womenintech.love, linked in the show notes. If we can just allow every day to bring a new challenge and we can learn something new every day, it's much more likely that we can stay ahead of the machines. Three, two, one. My name is Esprit Devora, host of The Women in Tech Show. The show means a lot to me. The reason why I wanted to create the Women in Tech show is I wanted to create a positive piece of content, something where people can listen and say, if she can do it, so can I. Hey, this is Adam Marks. I'm a tech founder, writer, and consultant, and I've been listening to the Women in Tech podcast for about three and a half years now. Esprit does a phenomenal job spotlighting female entrepreneurs from all over the world And one thing I love about the show is listening to their stories and how they've built their companies and organizations. We should always be pushing for representation and equality every time we go into the boardroom, every time we look for co-founders, every time we look to hire employees for our companies. So support representation and equality, support the Women in Tech podcast, follow me at AdamMarks13 on Twitter and on LinkedIn. And remember to always look for the orange sunglasses. LinkedIn presents. Welcome back to the Women in Tech podcast, celebrating women in tech around the world. So excited for our next guest coming at us from Los Angeles. Welcome, Yasmin. Hello. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm very excited to be on the show. Of course. So you founded a company called Spotterverse. Tell us a little bit about Spotterverse. Absolutely. And about you. Sure. Yes. <laughs> sure. So I studied um, business management and information systems. I grew up in Toronto, Canada, and moved here about 11 years ago to Los Angeles. Really was always interested in technology, particularly the fact that I can uh, get to work on really cool applications and develop really cool software. Spotterverse was really born out of the necessity I felt in my role uh, when I was hiring a lot of applicants for different types of positions in technology. And I felt like, you know, the whole the, the entire uh, hiring process is very old fashioned in a way, and it hasn't changed much. We're still looking at resumes that are uh, a few pages long, you know, all these documents that we have to go through and read. And a lot of people don't actually get to read those documents. And we spend, if we're being realistic, about six to seven seconds on each each resume. And so I thought, you know, there there has to be a better way. And Spotterverse was born to create a platform that really uses technology and AI to give both applicants and employers tools to help them automate the process a little bit better and, and make the process more efficient. And why were you the person to build this company? You know, it's something a lot of investors ask, like, why is it you that can make this 
the leading company in, I guess, the AI job space? Sure. So for me, it was, I was even thinking about it at the beginning as a tool to help myself in my role. And, uh, you know, being a director of technology, hiring software engineers, uh, quality analysts, uh, project managers, I felt like there was a need to automate some parts of the hiring process. And so it really started by me thinking, how can I make my job easier? How can I make the life of all the applicants easier and, you know, give everyone a fair chance without, you know, overlooking some resumes and not being able to review every single one of them. And so I was constantly thinking about a solution and an application that would use AI to help automate certain parts of the process for both sides, for applicants and employers. And I came up with the idea of Spotterverse for it to be a platform where it really allows for applicants to use video technology to talk about who they are so they can put a face to the name instead of having it be uh, just a long document that is your resume right. and no one reads. It's just, you know, a platform where you can have a profile. You can talk about who you are, what, you know, are your goals and aspirations, and hopefully uh, show a, a bit of personality. And where does the AI come into play? So a person, an AI isn't creating the video, right? No. So where where's the AI element? Great question. So AI comes in when an applicant needs to write a pretty powerful resume. For every position that an applicant applies for, there are different sets of skill sets that are important. And so you take a lot of time as an applicant writing that resume, customizing it for each role. And a lot of the times you just end up sending the same resume to every position out there because you just don't have enough time to customize it every single time, right? And so this is where Spotterverse comes in. It takes your qualifications, your background, your experiences, and it also takes a look at the job that you're specifically applying to. And it takes those, combines them, and takes the main key points of a job and regenerates an AI-generated resume that is basically optimized mm -hmm. for that specific role. And what is your core competency? What is your skill set and then where do you get supported? Meaning, are you the builder? Are you the visionary? Are you the project manager? What are your core skill sets? Sure. I mainly come in when it comes to bringing a project to life, right? So a position right now as a director of technology, I we take on large enterprise-level uh, software application projects, and we really build them from scratch. And so the entire process is usually over overseen and, and you know, managed by me. And for this specific role, Spotterverse, I found it Spotterverse. So really put everything together in terms of what should it look like for uh, as an, you know, as a as an applicant, if you're, you know, what is your experience as a user? And then how's your experience as an employer using this platform? And so the vision, the mission of it, and uh, the development parts of it, I've um, been involved with. And so I do have a development team that helps uh, develop the technology part of it. Very hands-on with that myself and uh, really oversee every every little detail. A little too too much of a perfectionist yeah. in that way. I think all us driven women are perfectionists. <laughs> <laughs> and so was, it, was this your first company or... Where did you start to become interested in creating a company? This is uh, my first company in uh, technology. That's that's for sure. I've I've had other other companies where I worked, um, you know, to build a an e-commerce platform for a, a clothing 
uh, line uh, and uh, some other things that I was interested in. But in technology, this is my first company. But I also always felt like I needed to do something in technology because it's really related to my field. And when was it launched? It is going to be launched actually in May. We're thinking uh, May 14th. You've been in the building phase and you've had yes. beta testers? Absolutely. Yeah. So we've been testing this for the past six months and constantly building new features. There are actually some features that we haven't even been able to launch yet because we're still working to, to make it perfect. So one of the features is networking, for example. We're still working on building that networking feature within Spotterverse so that you are being introduced to other people within your industry using AI and and what you're interested in. Something that you mentioned uh, before we started is machine learning and AI is something you're really passionate about and you're specifically passionate about where people are empowered by AI uh, and machine learning versus their jobs are being robbed from them. So what is your viewpoint on... (laughs) us having to, (laughs) we're starving on the streets because the machines have taken over (laughs) versus it empowers us to do our jobs better? That's an excellent question. I think that's something that we're all thinking about. And so machine learning is a, a subset of AI, a very powerful branch of AI. It really allows machines to look at large sets of data and recognize patterns and, and be able to do what, you know, really mimic what humans can do. And so if you think about it, so let's say a teacher in their career, throughout their career, can look at maybe 10,000 essays. And uh, an, an ophthalmologist can probably look at 50,000 eyes, uh, machines can actually look at millions of eyes within minutes. And so, of course, just because of the uh, how big the data set is and how quickly and f- efficiently the machine can actually process data, they can come up with better conclusions faster. They can come up with, uh, you know, a lot of uh, different patterns that they, they, they can recognize within that, those millions of eyes that they looked at. And so it's impossible for us to really think that we can compete with machines in that mm-hmm. way, especially when it comes to any type of task that is a frequent, high-volume type of task. And so I think what it comes down to is really asking ourselves about any position that we are thinking about and we're worried about the future of it, how much can it be reduced to high, you know, frequent, uh, high-volume type of tasks and also uh, about the novelty of things. So how much of it relies on how novel the situation is that needs to be handled by that person. And I think this is where humans do a lot better is when we are faced with a novel situation, we can actually make much better decisions. (laughs) You know, we can, without even being given any type of data, or have learned something about that situation, we can make better better decisions and, that, totally. and come up with better conclusions. And so the other thing that I feel like personally I, um, I, I want to constantly think about is uh, if we can just allow every day to bring a new challenge and we can learn something new every day, it's much more likely that we can stay ahead of the machines. How many people are on the Spotterverse team? So we have an engineering team right now, uh, about five engineers that are working on Spotterverse and, and testing and myself. And, and that's about how <laughs> big our team is right now. But, you know, with some of the features that we'll be building in the future, we're definitely looking into, uh, you know, kind of growing the team. 
And what is your goal for this year? If you could have anything, like without any limitations, what would your goal be? Are you looking to raise? Are you looking to have a certain traction count of people signing up? What is the goal? Potentially. So we're, we're looking at some options right now. But, you know, uh, what's really exciting for Spotterverse is launching in May and getting people to really come on the platform, use it, get to use our AI tools. Whether you're an employer, you know, you're looking for an applicant, our AI tools will help you search through LinkedIn using our algorithm that would really speed up the process for you. So it will make the process a lot more efficient, um, if, you know, uh, versus if, if you were to look for that person manually through LinkedIn uh, using, you know, ser- searching certain keywords. And so that's a huge accomplishment for us. The other one would be as an applicant when you're applying for positions within a few seconds, you get to optimize and really customize your resume for a specific role. And you can get to do that for any role and every role you apply for. And I think that's a huge game changer too, so that we can have more more opportunities, you know, out there. And especially with all the things that we hear, you know, companies laying off um, people and, you know, AI is taking over certain jobs. It's just, it's important to be able to stay on top of, you know, how you present yourself as an applicant. And I'm really excited for Spotterverse to be an opportunity and a tool to, to help people do that. So I think to answer your question, yes, getting as many people as, as I can to, to use Spotterverse and give us good feedback uh, that we can use to help improve the application. And then in terms of raising, that's something that potentially we're looking into. You know, it's so cool. I mean, not that everybody had tech layoffs, but that there were so many tech layoffs and some people have been in their jobs for 15 years. I mean, they haven't written a resume in forever. So to be able to go to Spotterverse, kind of take that edge off and have Spotterverse essentially be your best friend to help you position yourself in in the strongest way. Right. I I totally agree with you. And, you know, and the other thing that you could use is if you really want to stand out from the crowd using the the video profile feature on Spotterverse that actually goes directly on your resume with one click, they get to see who you are, a bit of personality about your goals, aspirations, mm-hmm. what are your long-term and short-term goals? I think that kind of is like a mini interview before 100%. you even meet with the with the employers potentially. And so it's a huge opportunity there to try to stand out. And, you know, the other thing is it's so time-consuming. I mean, it, I can't tell you how many times I've just hated writing a resume. Yeah. <laughs> Any job that you, you're you trying to apply for, you have to write a new one and, you know, customize it in a way, right? And otherwise, it's, it's all based on keyword searches. So it's possible that your resume won't even be looked at totally. if you don't have the right keywords. And Spotterverse gets to do that for you pretty easily within a few seconds. The most underutilized power tool is video, personalized video. And it's not to say a lot of people hype up video in general, but If you create a personal video, like take the time to say someone's name and don't mass produce it and people really get to have a vibe about you, whether it's business development, whether it's a job interview, whether it's a community work, that personalized video goes a long way. I totally yeah. agree with you. And the other thing that I like about Spotterverse is that we didn't want Spotterverse to just be for an applicant to showcase who they are, but about a company too. You know, applicants have uh, options now, yeah. you know, and they can choose too. And so I feel like a lot of the times as applicants, we're just maybe blindly applying for positions right. without even knowing what we're you know, getting ourselves into. Right. <laughs> and so Spotterverse allows for a profile for a company too to come on there, post their videos, who they are 
who would be the best, you know, fit for their culture and really showcase their company culture. That's something that, you know, if, uh, you know, if anyone's looking for a job would be probably interested to know about. Yeah. What are some things in an interview that we should do and some things we should avoid doing? Well, one of the main things that I recently actually talked about um, on my Instagram is really not being prepared enough to ask any questions at the end of an interview. And that can be a huge turnoff. And even when I posted about it, a lot of people reached out to me saying, well, I don't feel comfortable asking because maybe it's not, you know, it's really none of my business. I'm not in this role to ask about these things. And so it might come across as I'm nosy. But, you know, the the truth is it is your business and you're there for that reason. It really stands out when you have researched the company, know what they do, have great questions to ask. And it's really impressive versus if you don't have anything to add at the end of an interview, it just seems like you're not invested. You're not really interested. Yeah. Not not really engaged enough to have, uh, you know, gone, you know, through some research and uh, learned about what, what the company is trying to do. Uh, and so I think that's a, that's a big no-no if you don't have a question. Some of the other things I would say is really being prepared to speak to anything that's on the resume. A lot of the times a resume looks really good, but at an interview, a hiring manager will look at everything and then just want some kind of an explanation as to, okay, so tell me about this role. Tell me about, you know, how did you manage this project? How did you accomplish all these tasks? And when there's really no answer there, it just seems like it's a really great resume, but not really the right fit in terms of the person uh, filling the role. And so being really prepared, um, answering, uh, you know, any type of roles that you've had, being able to speak to it and give really good examples and also reviewing the job description. A lot of details are actually in the job description, converting those key points into questions and having good examples. I think that's a huge, uh, you know, a really important factor when it comes to accomplishing um, success at an interview. So one of the things that's really challenging is I find that women don't ask for our worth as much as men do. Sometimes they don't even concern themselves on whether they can do the job or not. They're just more comfortable in asking. How do we get paid what we deserve? Right. No, I I definitely see that. And so a lot of the times women don't even apply for a position if they don't meet every single requirement on a job description. You know, I just want to kind of bring a little awareness to this, that if you don't have every single requirement, you can still apply for a role. And that doesn't necessarily mean that you're not qualified. There could be a lot of other experiences and qualifications that you have that you can bring to this role. One of the other things, you know, touching on your point of salary negotiations, I see women or a lot less women negotiate salaries at the beginning of accepting an offer. And so I think it's really important to understand what the company has budgeted for that specific role and even ask. And uh, a lot of women simply just don't ask. (laughs) And if you ask about a budget, it gives you a really good idea as to what, you know, the company is able to offer for the role and just position yourself nicely within that range versus what I see is, um, you know, a lot of women have a specific range in mind, but a lot of the times they say things like, uh, you know, the money is not important or I'm not, you know, interviewing because of the money. And I think that's just such a wrong answer because the money is important. You know, it's important to get the right salary for the work that you're doing. And so when you lead with that answer, it's almost like you don't feel like you deserve a good salary. And so, of course, in that situation, a lot of the times I see women get 
kind of the lower end of a range that has been budgeted for the role. And I think that's a huge mistake. So always do your research, you know, be prepared to give a range. And if you don't want to give a range, which I actually like, be comfortable asking about what their range is. And that gives you a great idea to be able to position yourself nicely within the range. When did you first become interested in technology itself? That's a great question. So the first year of university, I actually went into a major in kinesiology. I thought that I was going to become a dentist and really uh, focusing on uh, (laughs) dentistry schools. And uh, so when I started, I just felt like as I was getting uh, closer to kind of figuring out which school and which kind of path to go to, I felt like, you know what? I'm, I'm really more interested in technology. I, I love the fact that I can, you know, focus on building really cool applications from anywhere in the world. And I wouldn't be, uh, you know, kind of tied into going to an office every single day. And I loved that. And so it really <laughs> made me become more and more interested in technology. I switched my major to business at that time, and I studied business management, and after that, my uh, master's in um, information systems. And I felt like this was, you know, the role for me. When I started looking for positions after that in Toronto, I felt like, you know, I can even explore opportunities outside of the city I was, you know, I grew up in. California was a huge technology hub, and I considered positions here and applied for roles. And luckily, I was able to get a get a role here and uh, Moved, moved here in, I think it was 2011 when I moved to, to Los Angeles. So it's actually Orange County first. But Oh, cool. Yeah. You have a very fierce, strong, wonderful presence about you. <laughs> like both, both online and in person. I feel it. Like I feel like you're this powerhouse. What would you say your superpower is? That is so nice to hear. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Um, thank you. That's a great question. Superpower. I think we're all really powerful in, in, in many ways as women, especially. I mean, I'm amazed uh, when I, you know, I work, get to work with a lot of women and truly amazed by how powerful they are. And for me personally, I think not giving up. <laughs> you know, I've been in situations where I've, I've heard a lot of no's, you know, yeah. especially when you come up with a, you know, an idea that doesn't exist. You have to bring it to life, right? right. And it's innovative. Uh, it doesn't exist out there. A lot of people won't see the vision and a lot of people will say no. And I feel like that's probably something I can I can say is a bit of a superpower. <laughs> and I don't take no for an answer. I mean, I think that's so important for all of us. I think it's really important not to take no for an answer. Also to understand where the boundaries are. It's interesting in the tech world, sometimes we lose out on understanding other people are human. And so I too, like I'm always looking for the open door to yes, my mom taught me that. And I've noticed that as a culture in the tech space, we should get better at just knowing when there's a human thing happening. Sure. Yeah. But I agree with you. It's really important to find those open doors. Yes. Understand. My mom always says, if you're hearing no, you're just talking to the wrong person. I think even like, uh, what's her name? The Kardashian, Chris Jenner says that if, <laughs> yeah. you're, if you're, if you're, if you hear a no, you're talking to the wrong person or something like that. But I, I personally have experienced something recently that was a very difficult in my family life. And there were people asking me for things and I was very candid, like, Hey, I'm going through this thing. And they didn't take 
than no for an answer. And it was my first time thinking, wait, no, like I'm human too, you know? So it's interesting, but I a hundred percent agree with you. I totally understand what you mean, you know, and especially when it comes to, you know, even in business, you know, a lot of the times, so I personally experienced this and I went into a business, I I think I briefly told you about the clothing company and, you know, it it was just not it for me. And at some point you're going to have to kind of figure that out. Yeah. If something is not going to happen, you just have to also be okay with it, you know, that you're taking this risk. But if no is uh, the final answer, you just kind of have to, like, I guess, move on. <laughs> well, I don't know about no being the final answer, just taking a pause if someone needs a huge sure. moment. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I yeah. totally get that. And I think there's something to be said about respecting, um, you know, yeah. other people's boundaries. I think that's extremely important. Yeah, it's it's interesting. What have you found challenging? Um, is there a specific obstacle that you've successfully overcome and how did you overcome it? I think uh, just the nature of technology, it's ever changing. And so you are faced with challenges every day. <laughs> and so I think for me, uh, what happened was I learned very early on that I have to stay on top of the game and learn a new technology as soon as it comes out, uh, even before it just being ready for it and constantly educating myself. So what I can say is, you know, of course, there are a lot of challenges. There are still a lot of things I hear. And I'm like, oh, what? And after 10 years of being in technology, I'm like, "Uh, I don't even know what that is. Let me look it up real quick. But I think it's really important to constantly be ready for that. I find that even a lot of the stuff that I do know, I sometimes don't implement because it's just a lot. Being a founder is a lot of a lotness. How do you manage your time and your efficiency so that you could get as many things done as possible? And not to ask such like a like a bro question. It's just right. It's hard being a founder. Sure. It, it definitely is. I think having great uh, sources to go to is really key and relying on others, especially with, you know, founders mentality. You know, you want to do everything yourself, you know, and you think that you can you can handle everything on your yeah. own. What I've learned is that I just go to uh, the experts uh, yeah. and try to ask questions and try to learn from them and get their advice. And a lot of the times they end up giving me really, really good advice. And so even if it's, you know, building a feature within an application, I go to someone who's done something very similar and I try to ask them, hey, uh, I want to pick your brain. How do you recommend we do this? And what are some of the challenges that I might face? And doing that really helps with being ready for what's to come. And so it really has helped me personally uh, work working with great people, relying and trusting uh, experts and their decisions. And, uh, you know, a lot of the times the tips that that they have for me. And what resources or people have you found to be most helpful? For example, I'm a part of a community called Small Bets, and I love it by this guy, Daniel Vassallo. He's amazing. And so if I have a question about taxes or marketing funnels or whatever it may be, I feel that that's a really reliable resource for me when I'm feeling a little bit lost as a founder. Do you have anything like that that maybe others can access as well? That is a great question. I I can say I'm very lucky to have worked with great people throughout my career, and they've become sort of my network, you know, and I can really go to them for, let's say I need a solutions architect. I have great people I've worked with that I can go to and rely on. But for many things, I have actually been going to a website called Meetup and a lot of Meetup groups out there that are very helpful. They're willing to help. Um, I had a project uh, about a year ago that was a Salesforce project and I had a lot of questions. I needed some direction and I found many Meetup groups uh, specifically that, you know, special 
specialized in Salesforce and they were more than willing to help. And I asked a question. They gave me great sources to go to, great answers. Yeah. And I think that's just, you know, if if you're looking for information, that could be a good source to go to. Meetup is so old school and also really still just as valuable. It really is. I mean, even when I want to may have more of a social life to find the hiking groups on there. I mean, we are allowed to have a social life as founders. Totally. Early in my career, one of my first co-founders said, you have to learn about Ruby on Rails. You have to learn about it. I'm like, what is that? And I went to Meetup to find Ruby on Rails groups. And I remember going and the pe- the developers there were like, this is so, Why? what are you here? I'm like, I want to know everything. <laughs> you know. So I love that recommendation. What is some advice you've gotten in your career that has really helped propel you forward? Being flexible, being able, you know, able to change and uh, having the mindset of it's important to change. Not only (laughs) I think it's necessary and a lot of people just don't want to change necessarily. And so for me, being adaptable uh, to a new technology, a new situation, a new environment has been very important. Any type of a leadership role that I was able to achieve and, you know, uh, and, uh, you know, really excel at, I would say it's because I was able to change and I was able to step into a role that was very different than what I did. Um, but, but you know, uh, I was able to do that. And so I think it's really important to be open-minded and really grow with the environment, whatever that brings you. A hundred percent. A selfish question. And so the answer can't be Spotterverse. Okay. <laughs> what is your favorite software? Well, I think for me... I can talk to you about what I use a lot. I mean, I use Salesforce a lot uh, for a lot of things. I think it's very customizable. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a pretty big fan of Salesforce. But there are a lot of new, you know, kind of custom applications that are being built every day and, uh, you know, probably performing better than Salesforce do. <laughs> so, but in terms of apps, I feel like I use a lot of different apps on a daily. For editing, for example, yeah. I use CapCut. Uh, Cap a lot cut, tell us for for Instagram. It's just yeah. you know you, you easily get to edit your videos. InShot is another one, and uh, as I'm trying to become more and more you know active yeah. on social media, I've learned that those apps really really help me. How much time do you spend on social media related to your business, and is it necessary? That's a great question. I, I hope it's necessary because I'm spending <laughs> a lot of time. But, you know, I I think it's such an important um, avenue to get a message out there. And uh, I think I'm, you know, I'm, on average now, I'm spending about three to four hours every day trying to produce content. Now, the outcome might be a two minute video. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but that's just how long it takes, you know, to think about it, to put things together, put outfits, ideas, you know, all of those things. It's a lot. It is time consuming. But you know, if you think about it, it just gives you a lot, a really good opportunity mm-hmm. to get a message out there. Yeah. And uh, I think it's one of the most powerful ways to um, advertise um, and really show, you know, who you are as a brand, too. So I, th- I think it's, it's really important. I 100% agree. I also think it's very time consuming. And I think it's essential, which is frustrating as founders. It's like, okay, how do we balance it all, especially in the beginning? Do we hire someone? Is that where our research should, resources should go? Should it go to hiring a social media person or should it go to a developer? It's like it's everything feels right. like so much. It's, That's so true. But it is important. Back in the day, it's like each platform was used to tell a specific story or give a precise value. I actually think today it's required for us to be on everything just everything a little bit because you don't know where someone's going to be. And I think that's where AI can help us. Totally. Because come on, we have to allow space to still be a human. And if we're just creating content all day long, 
to feed the algorithms? Yeah. Where is there space to have dinner and take a shower? That's so true. <laughs> it's all about that time management, which you yeah. actually reminded me of another software to answer your yeah, yeah. question that I've been using a lot and kind of learning how to use. Uh, it's called Notion. Yeah, and Notion's amazing. Oh, yeah. Yes. It's like super helpful yeah. when it comes to just managing your tasks, managing your, your projects and, you know, uh, have a really good view of, you know, overall view of what you're trying to accomplish and get it done yeah. task by task. And last question, have you had a mentor throughout this whole journey? Absolutely. I've had many mentors and there are a lot of great software engineers that I've worked with, a lot of, you know, VPs, uh, you know, directors. I've personally tried to learn from every single person. And the truth is I learn from people who I have on my team too. You know, it could be someone that reports to me and they could teach me something new. 100%. I and agree with I'm that. I'm always open to learning and I always want to hear from them, you know, what is it that they think is really the best way of getting something done. So right. I feel like I have a lot of mentors and, uh, and, it's, and I think it's really important to have them. What is a book you recommend? Can be business or personal? A really great book that I recently read is called Machine See, Machine Do. Ooh, and it really nice. <laughs> it talks about, you know, the bias in AI. And it's really because of the data that, it, that you know, AI was given. So AI in itself can't be biased. It, right. You know, it works based on uh, data sets, right? And so if the data it's given is biased, then the outcome will, of course, be biased. And so I think it's a really, really interesting book. Uh, highly recommend that's a good recommendation. Yasmin, thank you so much for hanging out with the Women in Tech podcast. To connect and collaborate with more amazing women in tech around the world, remember to go to womenintechvip.com. That's womenintechvip.com. Say hello on social at Women in Tech Show on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook. I will see you, talk to you all the things in the next episode. Bye. Thank you so much for having me. This was so exciting to get to chat with you. And I absolutely love your podcast. Hi, this is Yasmin Kay, the founder of Spotterverse, a platform that allows you to use AI for better job matching based in Los Angeles, California, and you are listening to Women in Tech. The Women in Tech podcast is hosted and produced by me, Esprit Devora, With help from Janice Geronimo. Edited by Corey Jennings. Production and voiceover by Adam Carroll. And music from Jay Huffman Live and Epidemic Sound. The Women in Tech podcast is a wearetech.fm production. Thank you for being a listener of the Women in Tech podcast. To support the podcast and cheer us on, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener, go to womenintech.love, linked in the show notes.